Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. Today is week two of our Alabama series as I now get to talk to my other brother-in-law, Justin Harrison. And today was a fun conversation as we got to talk about the Garden of Gethsemane. So I hope you are intrigued about an interesting passage as we give our perspective and you get to hear some of Justin's story in this. And I'm excited and enjoyed 100% of this whole conversation. So get ready to dive in and ask the question, what would I do? Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the latest episode of the WWID podcast. Today, we have my brother-in-law, Justin Harrison here. We are actually in a high-class recording studio uh, that is actually his closet. This is where (laughs) we are able to get away from the kids Uh, from the noise of family that we love with our whole hearts but in order to get to this uh, recording we had to we had to make sure they were number one asleep and number two enough doors are shut so that we're in this nice closet so So patterns and fabrics and yeah i'll say this it's a way nicer closet than my closet at home so well done justin uh and so justin welcome to the podcast thank you glad to be here yeah it's gonna it's uh it's good uh i'm pumped to have you as we've been growing up together we've known each other for 10 years 10 plus years which is crazy yeah uh i remember seeing uh the video of us i think it was on our 24th and 22nd birthday yeah uh and then there was a a picture of us on our 34th and 32nd never felt so old i know it's crazy (laughs) um i'd like to say though that we still have our young men looks yeah, i feel like yeah i have that baby face we, we both have that baby yes yeah. that's we would get carded at malls yeah. they'd be like and be like <laughs> okay we're not 16 but we appreciate it <laughs> uh which is awesome and so uh justin hey uh before we dive into the story that you have uh i'd, I'd love to know just uh give us a little glimpse of your upbringing from uh your your childhood to your, your home all that kind of stuff tell tell a little bit about that yeah uh, so I grew up in the Catholic church. Okay. Um, went to Catholic elementary school, middle school. Um, I was a, you know, every Sunday at mass, yep. um, in the pew. Um, but it wasn't really until I was older that I kind of sure. realized that I was more kind of had more of a little bit of a disconnected relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, I was very consistent. I was there. Yep. Um, but then my wife and I, we got married, moved to Birmingham. Okay. Um, got involved with a new church. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, got saved. Yeah. And started to experience a, a different, more of a relationship. Than yeah, absolutely. A religion. Um, and that just really, you know, opened my eyes to everything that came with Christianity. That's and, cool. Um, talk about your upbringing. So you, you, like you said, you grew up Catholic, you mm-hmm. went to mass and you're like, listen, we were there every yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and I know you grew up playing baseball. Like did, did baseball get in the way of mass? Like were your parents kind of like, listen, I don't care if it's a championship game. Like we are not missing mass. Well, this was like back in the day when like nothing went on on Sundays. Oh, like I know nowadays, like, you know, that's true. Got, they're practicing and playing full tournaments on Sundays. But. It's, cr- it's crazy. Like Saturdays, I felt like Saturdays and Wednesdays were like, you can't touch those days. Right. When well, this is in the deep South too. So that's it's like, true. everything shut down on Sundays. That's true. That's a great point. Yeah. I'm in the North where it's like, not quite. And yeah, so, so, I mean, it was, and it was one of those things that like, I guess in my mind, 
growing up as a child and like I don't know where I got this type of mindset to where it was like I was afraid to miss church on sure. Sunday because I was like oh man if I screw up some yeah. point during the week and I missed Sunday like oh right that's it you that's know? your chance yeah that was that was my one shot to, to, to get clean interesting so, that's an interesting uh, take on it because um, man what, what do you think it was that gave you that perspective like do you think it was something that your parents did it whether it was intentional or not would you think it was just the overall view of catholicism at least that would and, and before i let you answer that i just want to say you know again i said this in a couple podcasts ago i love the church uh all denominations all backgrounds if they're promoting jesus like i'm about it and i want it sure. to go and so this is not in any way shape or form a bash of anything uh, but we just know different backgrounds. We know right. different, you know, upbringings. And so what do you think that was um, when it came to at least your take uh, being a part of the Catholic Church? Yeah, I guess it was just overall my my outlook of God sure. um, and just more of a legalistic God yeah. rather than a personal God. Yeah. Um, to where it was like, you know, as long as I check the boxes, right. then I'm, you know, I'm going to heaven. Right. Um, I really didn't really comprehend it was more of a, a distant God than a close God to me. Sure. Um, so my whole life was kind of based on deeds, you know, like, yeah. am I, am I a good person, quote unquote, good person? Right. Am I going to church? You know? Um, so to me, that was just, I don't know. That's just kind of a memory I have as a child. It's yeah. just being like, oh man, okay, I got to get church. And I'm, it's still like a, an ongoing joke that right. like I would be falling asleep on Sunday mass at five thirty <laughs> PM because that was the only service I could make it to. Right. And I was like, oh, I still got to get there, even yep. though it's the evening service and I'm tired. And yeah, you got uh, school were, the next day. You've got stuff you got to yeah, do. You're exhausted, and you know the collection basket we passing around, and I would just you know, just you know, <laughs> nodding off and lady nudging nudging next to me, uh, passing me the basket. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm awake. I'm like, I was praying. Yeah, but. <laughs> So that was, and I think it was just more of my outlook and yeah. really my viewpoint of God that I was right. just like, you know, I needed to, to, to check these boxes each week yeah. to, to fulfill, yep. you know, my, my religious needs, right. I guess. Yeah. Religious duties. And right. I remember, uh, so I definitely, I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up in more of a Pentecostal church my whole life where, um, it was lively. We'll just say that. And I remember sleeping over at a friend's house. Uh, man, I want to say I was in seventh grade. It was sixth grade or seventh grade, and I went to mass for the first time. Like, and th- and I had no understanding of what mass was like, so I was used to my church right. that style. And I saw these things that were tilted up that got put down. And as a sixth or seventh grade, I was like, "Yes, footrests. These churches <laughs> know what's up." And I'm all about comfort in the Catholic <laughs> church. <laughs> and I put it down. And I put my feet on it, not knowing that it was the prayer. What are those things called? They're just the, the, the I shouldn't, I should be able to tell you. That, <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to say it's like the prayer stools. We'll just call them that. They're the like prayer, good. whatever. But I remember putting my feet on it and now granted I was a visitor and I got slapped like in the back of a head, in the back of the head by a grandma so hard <laughs> 
because I insulted someone and their grandma of putting my feet on there. I just, that's like my vivid memory of like, and then I wasn't allowed to have the communion juice and the cracker. <laughs> right, yeah. um, you had to cross your arms and they gave you a prayer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And so I was like, man, what is this? It's like, you could just come to my church, but uh, no, but I think it's, what's interesting is what you're talking about is the, is the religious, um, you know, to do's. And a lot of times, even whether it's, you know, growing up in the Catholic church, Lutheran church, Methodist church, even Pentecostal church, any church and so, uh, moving forward, there's going to be a moment. I feel like where it becomes a religious to do. And you nailed it when you were talking about the difference between, uh, just like he was just a religious God versus a personal God. And what was it for you that made you cross over from this, you know, overarching deity that that you heard about every Sunday to then wanting and desiring that personal relationship. So as we, I grew up in Mobile, Alabama. So okay. um, about as South Alabama as you can get. Yeah. Um, we moved up to Birmingham. Um, my wife and I did. We, yeah. we had been married for about a year and a half then. Yep. Um, so we moved up here so I could go to graduate school and, um, you know, being newlyweds, we were trying to work everything out. Right. My wife, had gotten saved at that point um, when she was in college. So yep. She was kind of on a different path than sure. I was. Um, I was still thinking I was on the same path. Um, you know, I was, she had got me a one year Bible. Right. I right. Was, you know, reading that at night as I was falling asleep yeah. and would get half through, halfway through the old Testament. And yeah. Would be, you, know. you would get to Leviticus and you're like, I'm <laughs> <Excellent>. out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm doing my best here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so we moved up here and we kind of, we had a fight over, it was literally whether we should eat Publix <laughs> sub sandwiches or eat at Arby's. That yeah. was literally what the conversation And, and for those of you who don't know, Publix is like a gas, or not a gas station. It's like a, a um, grocery store. Grocery store. Yeah. So Pub subs is what we call them <laughs> in the deep south. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, and it was, it was a whole thing about that in the moment, but it was actually come to find out that. You know, my wife wasn't really happy in our marriage, sure. which was a shocker to me because we'd been, you know, we'd been dating since we were in high school, right? Freshman and sophomores in high school, and um, so it got to the point in the the argument. She was like, you know, I'm not happy in my marriage, yeah, in our marriage, and um, which just hit me to the core, yeah. Um, and it was the first time I can really think in my entire life. I remember we went home and I was on the bed and um. I was just crying out to God yeah. in the most desperate prayer, desperate way I've ever prayed before. And I was just saying, you know, God, what, what is this? Like what's happened? What have mm-hmm. I done wrong? And it was, uh, you know, the, the clearest way I've ever heard God, heard God spoke to me before. Yeah. Um, and I just heard in my heart that you've left me out of your marriage. Mm. And in that moment, I just, I was like, oh, okay, well, I've never really heard that before and like kind of sat up and Casey had walked into the room at that point and yeah um I just repeated what I felt impressed on my heart I yeah said, I've left God out of, out of our marriage and she broke down I broke down um and I got saved right there on that's amazing the edge of our couch and yeah um or edge of our bed and um just gave my heart to Jesus and yeah. you know, it was like you know there's there's something different that I'm missing yeah um I've worked so hard to check all the boxes and right you know, be that, that good religious Christian that yeah. 
I've always thought I needed to be, but clearly I'm missing something. Right. And, um, from that point forward, you know, it's like, you know, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be something different from you. I'm going to be, yep. um, I'm going to, uh, just give my heart to Jesus and, yeah. you know, pursue a personal relationship and right. my life just, you know, went on a completely different path from That's there. awesome. And so when you made that, when you made that decision, first of all, that was awesome. I don't, I've never heard that story before, which is, so, yeah, which is so cool. Uh, and like you hear snippets and here and there, but yeah, I've never, I've never heard that before, yeah. which is awesome. Um, uh, and, uh, from that moment forward, when you made that decision, obviously not everything becomes roses and yeah. rainbows and, you know, all, all puppy licks in your face and, yeah. you know, that whole thing. But like, what was the difference you would say from, you know, you, you cried like, cause I can imagine you grew up in the Catholic church and just that whole upbringing is it was this like ooh this god like oh you know it's just like right. this aura and deity of the unknown to now you've had this personal like you cried out to him yeah and you felt like he spoke to you right i got that answer you got the answer and so it's not this like mystical mist that never says anything like in lost right what was right. that what was the what was the bad guy like the mist or something right. like that <laughs> but then he 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 reaches back to you and then you answer to it and you, you say, all right, this is what I need to do. I need to have this personal relationship. And then from that moment forward, what was your progression uh, in your process? Obviously with you and your wife and and you personally, like how did you view then Christianity, the Bible, church, all this type of stuff when you, when you made that decision? It was a, like you said, definitely was not, yeah. you know, just an overnight change. Yep. You know, I wasn't, I felt... You know, like I, I'd made this decision and I right. was going to move forward, but it was there was definitely a pursuing that yeah. went on. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just a complete transformation overnight. Right, which is what I would I would have loved for that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love just for all my issues and yeah. uh, struggles to go out the window. Um, that's just not how it was. But, right. Um, there was just a different mindset of um, of you know, like I said, pursuing pursuing Christ and pursuing right. a personal relationship, and um, there were just it was what was amazing to me was just all the different revelations that I yeah. would receive that I'd, you know, I would read a verse that I've read or heard and, yeah. you know, mass or just, um, just my entire life and would read it and just my eyes would be open. Right. I, you know, I've never actually sat down and read the scripture just one-on-one -on -one in yep. prayer and, um, you know, and actually studying the scriptures just one-on-one, -on -one, um, with God. And there was just so much revelation and, you know, scripture started coming alive to right. me that I'd never experienced right. before and uh, relationships, uh, personal relationships and relationships that, you know, we, we got involved with our church and yep. our, our church played a huge role yeah. um, in, um, you know, being a catalyst in my faith. Mm -hmm. And um, that was, so our whole, our whole goal was to come to Birmingham to, yep. to go back to Mobile and we got to Birmingham and, Sure. Um, the way I explained it was just, it was a good soil for me. Yeah. Um, you know, there were so many seeds that my wife was planting in me yep. all while we were in Mobile and we moved to Birmingham and those seeds just started yeah, to grow. It started to grow. Um, and it was, I mean, within a day, a day or wow. two that we were in Birmingham. So uh, we were just like, you know, I just don't think we're ready to leave. And yep. it's just, we flourished from there, got involved with the church. Um, I served on the worship team. Um and I, you know, I'd loved music and drums all my mm -hmm. life and, um, had played in bands and, yeah. um, 
you know, it was it would be fulfilling to a point, and then I right. just kind of leave. Like, okay, you know, that was fun. It was like a fun hobby, right? Yeah. And then it wasn't until I, you know, I helped lead worship that I was like, this is what I was made for. You right. Know, this is why God put this talent inside of me. Yeah. Um, and this desire, and um, that was just so amazing in that that season of my life, and connected me with so many other uh, such strong believers that helped yeah. build my faith, and um, it was really the community. I right, feel like that God surrounded us with in our local church. Yeah, um, that we were able to connect with and help me grow and help our relationships grow. We got in small groups. Yeah, met so many other people that were in our season of life. And right, kind of get together and be like, oh, you struggle with this too. I struggle with yes. that. And it yeah. made you feel like you weren't alone. Absolutely. In the stage you were in. Um. So yeah, it's just been it's been really cool. That's awesome. And I think what's really cool is, and you just spoke to it, is you found people that were in your life stage when you plugged into the church. And I think even too, and I, I don't know a big background to the Catholic church and all that stuff, but I don't remember there being many small groups available in the Catholic church. Um, again, this is not a bash on anything, but it's just like when you get plugged in somewhere, whether it's serving on the worship team or it's, it's small groups or anything like that, you find people that, will pour into you you pour into them there's such this like give and take relationship that comes uh from relationships and i love that you were able to do that and and then like you said you found people that you're like oh i'm not the only one you know who struggles with this or i'm not the only one who deals with this i'm not and and you're able to share that and i love even like when scripture uh i can't remember what it was it might be oh i'm gonna butcher this but i think maybe james where they talk about when you confess your sins to one another that's where healing takes place right. you know and you're able any i'm sure with the small groups because it was a it was a couple small groups that yep. you were a part of right so like it wasn't something for you but it was also your wife to be able to find those people that maybe and i can only imagine what happens to me is like we get in the best of fights right before small groups yeah. right <laughs> always <laughs> and so all of a sudden then you have someone that you can turn to that might have uh been like dude like you you kind of have the wrong perspective on it but you're not hearing it from your wife who you're always hearing it from you're hearing it from someone else you're like oh dang it you're right like yeah maybe this vice versa with your wife like you just never know and that's why it's so good to get plugged in yeah. and uh, and we would show up in you know the small group lesson that night would be exactly what we fought about and i was like okay yeah i hear you lord isn't that this is for me (laughs) absolutely and isn't that funny how i i always call it like biblical irony yeah uh but it's just like every time Mm -hmm. every time you just like find about something and it's like like you said it just pinpoints right to it and you're just like dang it you know um so man okay so now you're in birmingham you're here um and then you are obviously out of school Yep. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, and you're a dad of two now, yeah, which is two amazing. little girls. Yeah. Which are just, I mean, I can't get enough. Yeah. Person. Got a, a two year old little girl and a three month old little girl now. Yeah. So many weddings to come. Praise the I'm Lord. Just, yeah. Putting dollars away <laughs> for what's to come for me. But yep. um, surrounded by household girls, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, yeah. And my amazing wife, my two little girls. Um, I'm a nurse anesthetist. Okay. Um, so I, you know, put people to sleep, hey, wake them up for surgery, and 
come home and get to have see look at these little yeah beautiful girls all day and, and you're going into year nine or you're finishing year nine yes of of your marriage which is awesome and so uh and i just know this uh as we get ready to take a break uh being your brother-in-law being uh knowing you for 10 years i'll say this i've never seen someone serve humbly without anything in return like hanging around you like i know we go back and forth with each other um but i will say this on air all day like you you make me better like wanting to serve my family more by the way that you serve your family and so i just want you to know that i look up to you as someone who humbly serves and does it without um anything in return and i know that there's times where you're just like I just want something like just a little give and take (laughs) would just be perfect. But the way that you selflessly live your life, man, it it's admirable. And I just want you to know that, that I see that and I value it and I love you, man. And, um, before we get too mushy, (coughs) we got to man this thing up. Uh, (laughs) we're going to talk about, uh, you were telling me that you want to talk about the story of, uh, of Jesus praying in the garden. Yes. I know. It's uh, it's not your like stereotypical like go to yeah Bible story, but I love it. But oh man, when you told me that, I was so pumped because like <laughs> it's so uh like out of left field, but it's so impactful of yeah. just things that you would think about. Yeah, so I'm super it's, pumped it's to such dive a in. Serious story, but I see myself so much in it. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm ready to dive in. So we're gonna take a short break, and then when we come back, Justin is gonna read the story of Jesus in the garden. So we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and as we stated before the break, uh, Justin, we are gonna read through the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, found in Matthew 26, starting with verse 36. So, Justin, take it away. All right. This is a lengthy one, so let's see. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with them. Going a little further, he fell to his face, with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch for me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent for the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, is the man, arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, 
Do what you came for, friend. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached out for a sword, drew it, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching, and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Man, that story is crazy. I think I say that to every story that we read because <laughs> it's all crazy. But this is so, um, it's deep. Uh, and I, again, this is why I was really excited that you said that we were going to do the story. I So typically, where I got the title of this podcast, WWID, is a little bit of mockery. Like my sixth love language is sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> but I was, the bracelets of WWJD, what would Jesus do? And this is almost like, I mean, Jesus is the main character you know, in this story. And normally I don't have us look at in our eyes what Jesus would have done, but we almost have to do that because this is all about Jesus, right? you know, in this story. And so here, here's how the scene starts is Jesus went to a place called Gethsemane and he went with his disciples. Hey, just sit here and pray. He gives them a simple order, right? Very basic. <laughs> like the most basic you can be. He's like, don't go, I don't, I don't even want you to find a donkey. I don't want to find a room. Just stay yeah. awake. Just stay awake <laughs> and pray. Like, just please, just do that. And they couldn't even do it. Uh, and it said that he took three people with him, uh, and he began to be grieved and uh, distressed. And he's basically giving an inward moment to them, right? Almost right. like having, you know, we know that Jesus is God. Uh, the man of God, so he's God and man, but he gave a moment of humanity to these three, you know, and just gave an insight. He's like, guys, my soul is so grieving right now, and it's so distressed right now because I know what's about to happen, and I would almost, you know, be like, you gotta, you gotta be with me right now in this thing because I have to do this. I just need to, I just need to pray. And they couldn't do it. Yeah. And it was like his closest friends. It was right. You know, Peter, James, and John. It was yeah. Like, this was his tight crew. Yes. Like, if anybody can do this these three simple can. task, these three guys can do it. For right. Me. So pull them over. Don't fall asleep. Pray with me. And then strike one, two, and three. Like, it, it, they fell asleep. And now you and I are pretty similar where we're not giant night owls yeah right uh i remember when i first entered into the family and stayed in mobile one time like i didn't know what true night owling was until i hung out with my wife your wife and their sister they would be like 2 a.m just partying hard <laughs> yeah <Just laughs> you know card games yeah board games until yeah and then the second we put a movie in you hit that leather couch and i'm just like passed out you know yeah and so I'm wondering even, too, if it was almost like, you know, traveling, doing what they were doing. They just had the Last Supper, all these different things. There's your belly's full. Your belly's full. Oh, yeah. Like, your belly's full. You get Jesus teachings that I'm sure are, like, 
confusing your mind. Uh, and then it's just like you can't handle it anymore. Um, but it's interesting because Jesus was just like he wanted. It's almost like he wanted it so badly for them to want it. Right. You know that they but they couldn't do it. So I wonder if it's like, you know, it's not even like mad. I, I don't even depict Jesus as mad. I'd be mad. <laughs> yes, right. yeah. You know, I'd be pissed. He's almost kind of condescending. He's yes. Like, Seriously? Yeah. You, yeah. Couldn't, you couldn't stay awake? Yeah. You're almost just like, oh, buddy. It's like, I'm like, in, I love Luke, and Luke, Luke gives all these specifics. So this is mentioned in all four Gospels. Yes. And yep. I love reading it in each, and you get de- different details. Yep. Luke talks about him sweating blood. Yeah. And Jesus is like, I'm, I'm sweating blood, yeah. praying over here. Right. You, you cannot stay You awake. passed out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So it's feeling interesting in him to where he's like, really? Yeah. Like I've told you how important this is. I'm sweating blood. Right. And you are taking a nap. <laughs> like I would be so frustrated. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah, it, it's just interesting. Cause I'd be like, dude, do what you can. Like make some coffee, drink a fire energy shot, like slap yourself with a fish, do what you got to do. Like, but you got to stay awake. But on the same side, like, I feel like I would be that disciple too. Oh, a thousand percent. I'm, I'm 100%. Yeah, the person that you know, my wife puts on a documentary past ten o'clock, <laughs> and I'm immediately dozing off. Yeah, we uh, we actually a couple days ago um, we put on a movie. You and I we watched Age of Ultron. Yes, and I don't think I made it past the opening <laughs> Sokovia scene. <laughs> yeah, I turned to ask you a question because you are. You know the higher knowledge of all things Marvel, and I didn't get a response. And I looked over, and Matt's just passed out sitting. You were you were the disciple. And yeah, I felt I felt Jesus' pain in that moment. That really you couldn't watch this movie. He with was me. sweating blood over what is happening with. I'm trying to like work out these details, and you're just taking a nap. Just I was passed out. Oh, uh, and uh, you know what? I think about this too because I don't know if this is. I think it happened prior to this, but. Uh, the scene where Jesus enters into Jerusalem and he's like weeping over Jerusalem. Uh, there's just this like, man, a burden because he knows what's to come. And have you ever dealt with that issue? And maybe it's even too when you're, when your wife told you that she wasn't happy with it. It's like you knew that hard times were coming. Yeah. You know, you knew tough times were taking place. And Jesus was in the moment where he knew he was just about to enter the hardship. Yeah. I can't imagine the weight of knowing what's to come, you know? And so you just have that grief that just swells over Jesus of like, like I just need to share this. And I think that's what's interesting. He had, he wanted to share, right? The humanity in Jesus, he wanted to share this grief with people, but he was the only one who could take it on. Right. And so that's, what's interesting is he's like, he wanted his amigos to stay awake, but they couldn't do it. Right. And then even the humanity that we see in Jesus here that, you know, he knows what's to come. Yeah. And you even see him in this moment asking, like, Lord, if you can take this cup from yes. me. Like, yes. Like, I know this is what is to come. You know, I, I know what hardships are ahead of me. Right. If you can take this from me. Yep. But then in me is, but your will be done. Right. You know, he, he's, he's task oriented. He knows yep. what's what's set ahead for him and what yeah. his goal is and what his task was here and that he was committed to that. And that's right. what's when I see, when I read the story that, you know, it helps me relate yeah. with Christ and see yeah. his humanity in this story. Right. That, you know, he felt those and he, you know, he, 
he was, you know, dealt with adversary, adversity and, um, you know, felt the same things that we feel. Right. That when we're felt with hard times. And it's interesting, too, that now that we're talking about that, I I've sometimes forget that he didn't ask it just once. He asked it twice. Yeah. And like that, that's almost a point of emphasis, whatever it is, like that's something relatable to like, I don't really want to do this, but okay. And then you get back into something and you're like, man, I really don't want to do this. You know, if you heard me this first time, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I really don't want to do this. I don't know if this heavenly microphone is turned up enough, but (laughs) I don't want to do this, please. But I mean, and I would say even too, if I were, you know, asked to do something like this, I mean, I don't. I always joke around. I would be a horrible Jesus. I get a splinter and I'm like, oh my gosh, the pain is so unbearable. You know, I just don't do well with pain, but I can't imagine. I can't imagine the weight of all human history. What has happened, what is, and what's to come. Like you're taking on, like he knows he's taking on all that. Mm -hmm. And this is that moment. And it's just, I can't fathom it. Like even there's sometimes I'll read Bible stories and I just try to fathom. And I sometimes can, but I can't fathom that. Mm-hmm. You know, pressure of being a dad and pressure of being a husband yeah. is massive. Right. But imagine the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm stressing about bills to be paid. Right. And, you know, getting right. my daughter to sleep in time. And yeah. Stuff like that. Where and... we feel like we're sweating blood, like <laughs> yeah. having to figure this out. I'm sure but... I have once or twice. Because <laughs> I felt like I have. But yeah, you know, that immense pressure yeah. and knowing full well what's ahead of you. Right. But still saying to God, saying to his Heavenly Father, you know, but your will be done. Yes. And him accepting that. Yeah. Is something to me that I'm just like, man, like, that just sets the path to me. It's right. Like, anytime I'm struggling, it's like, but am I going to a cross right now? Like, do I, man, that's a, yeah, dude, there's so many. And I think, too, one of the, one of the biggest revelations I'm coming to, and it kind of relates to what this is, is uh, during the global pandemic that took place you know a year ago that of this recording um what god really revealed in me was this i'm gonna say it but then explain it is like i don't matter and if my life is spent on everything else except for building the kingdom of god like i'm missing it and this is a moment where Jesus's humanity and Jesus's deity are like punching back and forth with each other because yeah. he's like, I know what I have to do, but I don't want to do it because I know why I have to do it. Yeah. And he's just struggling back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And obviously, Jesus, who did what none of us could do, which is live a perfect life. He obviously comes out that way, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking in my life, man, how many times have I neglected, whether intentionally or unintentionally, have I neglected the kingdom of God over my convenience mm. or circumstances or hardships or whatever it is? And it just is a very like convicting story to reread because you're just like, I don't know how many times I've ever asked the question, not my will, but your will be done. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's. And I'm like, dang, I should start asking, you know, because as we, you know, even just like the, I don't know if you grew up with this story, like now I lay me down to sleep, my, I pray my right. soul, whatever, how it goes. Uh, I haven't prayed that prayer in a long time, but you're just kind of like, what if every prayer, whether it's in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night, you, you say the prayer, hey, God, not my will, but your will be done. And I think that could radically change. Yeah. 
like our perspective of how we live our lives. It's it's changed the way I pray. Yeah. Um. Because you know we all came, we all come in prayer with you know our needs and mm-hmm. um, our desires and our fears and um. I feel like this story specifically has kind of taught me to pray in a different way. Seeing yeah. how how Christ prayed, um, and you know when I'm asking for something or like I know what I think I want. Yeah. And I know that God's will is better right. than, you know, what I can even think of and fathom. Yep. Um, so that's kind of how I'll always in my prayer. It's almost in kind of a, a humble right. um, posture. Yeah. It's, you know, Lord, whether it's over our finances, mm-hmm. over my family, whatever it is, but Lord, your will be done. Right. In this, in this circumstance. Um, and it, it almost kind of takes the weight off of you. Totally. In a sense, it's, you know, I'm. I feel like I'm grinding for, you know, this certain thing or, um, you know, to get, to get to whatever it is. Right. Um, it's like, Lord, I know I've seen it enough, I guess. Yeah. And my walk with Christ in this, um, to know that, you know, I may, I may set a goal and God may have me on a completely different yeah. path. Um, and that path is always greater than what I thought right. that, that final goal would be. Yeah. And it takes, it takes a lot of, um, wisdom, counsel, and personal, probably personal failure, uh, and then eventually success to realize, hey, like, um, man, I'm letting my will be done and not his will be done, mm-hmm. you know, because I think, and I even think, too, as you get to understanding it a little bit more, I'm like, shoot, there's so many things that I've sweated blood over what feels like. Right that God wouldn't have batted an eye about. You know, if I had the prayer, let your will be done, I'd be like, man, this is a temporary inconvenience, but this isn't, this isn't, you know, going to break the bank over. This yeah. isn't going to, you know, lose my salvation over, you yeah. know, it gives an overarching thing. Cause we're, we're as, especially as guys, like we're, you know, the head of households and we bring the mantle of leadership and, and fatherhood and all that kind of stuff. But also it's like, we have to let our, wives and our kids know that hey you know what it's good for dad to know what we're doing but it's even better for us to know that god knows right that much more yeah. and so we're going to rely on him like no one else you yeah. know yeah and he's not worried about our circumstance right you know and that's that's the thing i struggle with is yeah um i'm so um i'm a worrier at heart sure like, that's something i just i battle with yeah um whether it's over finances or whatever right i just I'm a numbers person. I like looking ahead, whether it's way too far ahead. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, am I missing now? Like God's not worried about, yes. Yeah. He's just looking for God's provisions now. And yeah. Um, um, each day, just taking it day by day. Yeah. My my walk with Christ. And right. Um, he's like, Lord, just today, let your will be done. Yeah. Um, and just let whatever step I take, let it be in your will. Right. Um, and not my will because I've just, you know, come to learn that a lot of times my will and his will doesn't really line up. And yes. it's not until yep. I get knocked off of my will right. that I, and I end up landing in his and I'm like, oh man, this is so much better than <laughs> I could have ever expected. Yeah, absolutely. And I even think too, I'd look back on, uh, one of the things that he said is like, um, God's will is good, pleasing and perfect. And how many times have I and my plans landed all three? Yeah. I probably have landed two at some point if it's like been real good. Uh, but all three, good, pleasing, and perfect, like I've never done it. And right. so it's interesting. And and okay, I want to ask you something. 
And this is obviously insider information of like that I knew about, but I didn't think it was going to relate to this story. Um, and I hope this is okay that I talk about this, but like you and your wife were having a tough time uh, to get your first kid. Yes. And and that must have been a not my will, but your will be done. For like, sure. You know, because obviously now I'm going to admit something too. Like I sneezed and I feel like my wife got pregnant. <laughs> so fertile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, but like you, you guys had a plan. Yeah. You know, you had a plan that you were going to do this and that and you were ready for it, but it wasn't happening the way that you were planning it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember we were in the car to, I think it was the Piggly Wiggly, the most Southern, you know, grocery. The pig, the the pig, pig. is what we call it. Exactly. <laughs> Man, you got your pub subs and your pigs, uh, you know. Uh, but I remember you telling me about a dream that you had where it's like you were, I almost felt like you were at the moment of break like you were frustrated to all imagine and god gave you like a prophetic dream yeah of it and can you can you just tell us a little bit about that if you're if you're up for that yeah absolutely i, I love sharing the story because it was you know it's our testimony yeah um that yeah we struggled for it was uh ended up being two and a half years that yeah. we uh, were trying to get pregnant within um six months of doing fertility treatments yeah. and all that and shots and all that and um in our church, we had 21 days of prayer. Right. Um, we we do it to start the year. So yep. in January, then in August. Um, and in January, um, I was at a morning prayer service and was by myself. And just um, actually, the first time was we were in corporate prayer at the end of the church, the, sure. the prayer service. And yep. um, we were in worship and, and, and praying about it and was just closing my eyes. Just, you know, Lord, just just tell me how this is going to happen yeah. or just, you know, help me get to the next step because, yes. you know, we've been struggling and yep. we're not seeing any movement and right. progress. And, um, and it was as vivid as I, um, you know, just with my eyes open yeah. seeing something, it was Jesus at the right hand of the father yeah. and he was cradling a child mm. sitting at the right hand of the father. And to me, it was, I've got this child. Yeah. You know, I've, I've got this promise. Yep. Just why would you take this child before I'm ready to get right. it to you? Yeah. Um, and it, that was one of those, my will be done. Type yes. Of things. It's like, yep. I'm ready for the child. You know, yes. We've been praying. Yep. We've been trying. Yep. Like just, just give the, please. Yes. Give well, me I, child. Yeah. Like yeah. I, we would like it now. Please. Right. Um, and it was in that, I was like, why would I ask for something that God's not ready to give me? Yet? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was such a, a settling vision sure. and it was how I said that God impressed on my heart when the night I got saved, that was the, really the first time I heard, I felt like I heard God's voice. That that was the first time I really, I'd experienced anything like that. Before. Yeah. Um, I just remember just weeping there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of people. Um, and then coming into that August, um, so eight months later, I was by myself still no child yeah um sitting in a chair with my head between my knees and just tears dropping on the floor desperately crying out you know god please you've given me this vision like right what does this mean did i you know misinterpret um and it was the same vision but christ standing extending a child Mm. um and so to me i was like 
Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go home and I'm make sure take my that. wife's not pregnant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Like, you good? You should, yeah. should you take a test? I, I got this vision. So, um, and then the irony of the story, it wasn't until that December wow. that we found out we were pregnant. And the amazing thing, just in retrospect, it's so funny, just in the time, you're like, you know, am I hearing from God? Am I right. not hearing from God? Am I staying faithful? Yep. And um, what I believe you've promised me that looking back, there were so many, we, we came to call them God winks yeah. throughout this whole infer, infertility process yeah. that from that August to December, there are so many tiny things and this story could go on for on and on yeah. going into each little story that God in those coming months was like, I'm still here with you. Yeah. Like you remember that vision I gave you? I'm still here with right. you. Um, and it was just such odd things. And, um, I remember still to the day y'all were actually in town. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. When we found out, gosh, and it was amazing. We woke up and you know my wife took the pregnancy test and we had we had seen so many negatives at that point. Right, she was right. Like, oh, it's negative. And then so I, I'd been there praying by her by her side and she said negative. And, I was like, and then she was like, "Wait a minute!" and ran to the window to where there was more light. Yeah. And just started bawling, crying, mm. and it was such a a God moment to us that it yeah. was like, yes, we're so happy for this child, but it was seeing that promise answered. Yeah. Um, and seeing his will be, and now, you know, two years down the road, looking back on all that, it, right. it's hard to see the God moments while they're happening. Yes. Unless yeah. you're intentionally looking for them. Right. I'm really bad at seeing them retrospectively. Yeah. I'm like, sure. oh, okay, that was God saying that. And, Got it. Yeah. Um, I, I've tried to be better about, you know, being in the moment and, yep. and looking for those God winks as we mm-hmm. call them. And, um, it's just, it just so changed my relationship and my walk that yeah. I now come in with confidence and right. prayer that I pray a different way. Yep. You know, even if it, it's something that looks just like a huge wall in front of us, yeah, I'm like, you know, God, I know this is what the circumstance looks like, yep. but I know you've like, I know who you are. Yeah. Um, I know what you have for us, what um, your desire is for us. You know, even if that wall doesn't fall down like I think it should right. or like I want it to. Yeah. In whatever way you do it, I know it's going to be better for me right. in the long run. Um, so it's just dramatically changed yeah. my life in that way. Man, that's so cool. And I and it parallels with that story, which is incredible. And thank you for sharing that. And, um, man, I, I, don't, I don't know where else to go with that. I, and so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, but we're going to jump back into the story after uh, this short break. So uh, hold on. All right. We are back and uh, we are going to continue on the story, but we're going to jump into specifically the part where um, so Judas comes in and he basically gives the sign of betrayal. Which, fun fact about Judas, one thing I heard uh, as I was studying about the disciples, um, Judas joined the disciples because he thought Jesus was a military mastermind. Yeah. Which is super interesting. Like, all of them followed him because he was this, like, teacher and did everything opposite of what the, you know, temple rabbis would do. But Judas was the only one that signed up because he thought of the overpowering Messiah was coming. Mm Mm-hmm. And so this dude comes and is just disappointed beyond all imagine of who Jesus actually was. 
And so he comes in and does this uh, kiss betrayal. And I can only imagine what Peter's feeling. Like, Peter's a wild card to begin with. Yeah. You know, and so now he sees someone from the table he was just at because they just did Passover. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, oh, my gosh, you weasel like you sleazeball like I probably other names that I we can't say on this podcast like that. I would be so mad if I was Peter. And so they they hold Jesus hostage, basically, and they seize him. And then all of a sudden, I love it. He goes, uh, behold, the one who was with Jesus reached and drew out a sword struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear so like it went from like zero to a hundred real quick this is total peter yeah like, that's everything peter does yeah I feel like oh my gosh can you imagine like what and then even to just like the fact that peter just went nuts and just cut off a kid uh, a guy's ear and uh, like i again i how i envision it is there's like you know, I know that it, the Bible describes it as there's like a mob of people with clubs and swords and all that stuff. Uh, but it was almost like, have you seen in those movies where someone like gets shot and the club like, and the music just stops <laughs> and then the person falls in this like, and it just gets quiet and then just pandemonium strikes. Like, right. I feel like the second like you hear this, and they're like, ah, and it's just silence. And they look over what Peter did and it was about to erupt. You know, there was because Peter basically was like, bring it. Right. You know, I just cut off your ear because you're taking my savior hostage. Yeah. And, you know, and then Jesus just like goes, put away your sword and then just heals the guy. Um, but then I love that he gives the this story. He goes, don't you think, Peter, I could have called was it 12 legions of angels? It's like a total Peter conversation. And he's oh, like, 100 percent. Peter, come on again. <laughs> <laughs> and what I love that I just find humor so yeah. much and it's such a serious story, but right. the fact that I find so much humor, I don't know that what it speaks about me, but that <laughs> you're normal. Yeah, I guess that in all, f- the, you know, three of the four gospels, yep. it doesn't mention Peter. It just says it, no, it somewhat mentioned, but John's like, it was Peter. Like, <laughs> we all know if you've gotten this far in the Bible, you know it's Peter. John the, John rats out Peter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like let's be real. Peter was the one that cut his ear off. Yeah, and but yeah, and I guess when I read it, I was like, would I have been a Peter? Would I have been the one? Because right. I feel like that's how I am in life. Sure. Is that when I see a situation, I mean, like, what can I do? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I have on me? What can I do? How can I fix this? Yep. Rather than looking to the one who can literally do. say a prayer and summon a legion right. of angels, Peter had that right next to him, and right. he still felt the need to pull out his pocket knife yeah. and, and cut him off. Yeah, and try to do something about it. And yeah, Jesus is, you know, of course, condescending. It's like, come on, Peter. Like, yeah, come on. What are you even doing here? Put your put your sad little sword back where it belongs. Yeah, and that's how I just feel in life. And like when I'm trying to do something and I'm struggling, I just I I guess I I hear that. In sure. my head, yeah. Jesus being like, Justin, like, put, <laughs> put your sad little sword. Yeah. Where Whatever you're trying to do in this yeah. situation, like you haven't even come to me yet. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm thinking too, but like, because remember James and John were there too. Right. And they're not even mentioned. And so I'm like, I, th- I almost want to say, I'd like to say I'm Peter. Uh, and I defend real fast. But I feel like I would fall into James and John. Like, I don't even know where they are in the story. Yeah. They're not even mentioned. Probably looking at Jesus being like, what you doing? Yeah. 
I've I've seen you do a lot of things at yeah. this point. If you know, well, what you're gonna do this time? And I'm wondering even too if I wonder if one of them are like, well, because he mentions it in the story at the end. He's like, well, this is what's supposed to happen. And, and I think that's interesting perspective to just be like, you know, there's something to being like passive. Uh, be like, well, it's going to happen anyway, so might as well just like, let mm-hmm. it, you know. And so I think Peter has like a great sense of humanity mixed into it because he's like, I still will not go out without a fight, mm-hmm. you know, and I still will do what I think is right, even if I know what the scriptures and the law and the prophecies uh, and prophecies are supposed to say that this this person is supposed to die. But I'm still going to go out swinging, mm-hmm. and she's like, listen. Simmer down now, buddy. Like you got to take a chill <laughs> pill, chill you know. And I and I think it's interesting. I would almost wonder what his feel is towards you know James and John and some of the other disciples that couldn't stay awake and didn't do anything. At least that's mentioned. Yeah, they ran away. Right. Yeah, they ran away. They they split off and and uh, and so it's just interesting because I'm even thinking of it in the perspective of you know the crowd of what that came with the clubs and the swords. You know, I would almost be like the second I saw. Peter get uh, cut off the servants here. Be like, whoop! This has got too much for me. Like I'm out. <laughs> you know, I came Way here for more. a pre- peaceful protest. You know, and arrest a guy. And so right. we're getting our ears cut off. I'm out. You yeah. know, or to be the guy who got his ear cut. Oh off. yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know how biblically accurate. It right. Just, just feels like a Monday at work. You know, like yeah. Might as well have my ear cut off. Yeah. Like, typical Monday. When you wonder if like did he then believe in him. Yes, that that was my thing. I'm like, you've got two options yes. at this point if you're the servant. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, you know, your ear was just laying on the ground. This man who, I'm sure at this point, he's heard yeah. what the prophecies are, what all these people believe, yep. who he is, and that person who you're there to help arrest just puts your ear back on. Right. Like, at this point, do you continue arresting him? Do you be like, lean over to him and like, no yeah. hard feelings. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like, JK. I'm so like, like, gotta <laughs> finish this, but we we cool, right? Yeah, we cool. Hey, well, and it's, yeah, it's almost like I remember uh, this. This is bad uh, parallel, but the movie Hook, um, where they have the line drawn with Rufio and Robin yes. and and uh, Peter Pan, and it's almost like all of them just. If I would have, if I would have been the crowd, or even the dude that got his ear cut off, and Jesus healed my ear, I would have like just shifted to being behind him yeah yeah exactly i've been like um sorry judas like you're wrong like (laughs) this is this dude is 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 who he says he is and i'm gonna follow him like let me be the 12th disciple like this dude betrayed you yeah i will just take your spot judas (laughs) you help arrest him i'm running away with these other guys yeah yeah that's what i just to me i'm like i don't i don't i can't imagine finishing the job that day right like i have like a lot of rough days at work yeah and you just got you know you gotta finish the job yeah well and that's interesting too because he he jesus how the story gets ended uh or the story ends is he gives this hypothetical question and he goes you know have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would against a robber but every day i used to sit in the temple teaching and you did not seize me but all this has taken place to fulfill as the scriptures as the prophets foretold I man, I would like so much shame would be put on me. Yeah, he'd be like, "Why are you coming at me like this? Like, why are you coming at me the way that you're coming at me? Like, I'm not doing anything. 
but you're coming at me with this like mental vision that I'm going to come at you. Mm-hmm. But I've been sitting with you, like almost be like, I sat with you yesterday or a month ago in the mm-hmm. temple and you didn't do anything. You listened to my teachings and now mm-hmm. you're going to come at me. Like, man, I would be like, I would feel about two inches tall <laughs> right. if I were yeah. those people. And like, like we said earlier, I probably would be like, uh, you're right. And then I would shift to the other side mm-hmm. and start following and be like, yeah, what are you doing? Like, you know, you just like, be like, Mark, you, why are you over there? I'd be like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. What, and what else? And so uh, as we get ready to kind of conclude, what are some of the other things that really have stepped, uh, popped out to you with this story as we've been kind of talking about this? I think just to me, the overwhelming humanity yeah. that I see in it, you yeah. know, from Jesus praying to the disciples not being able to stay awake yep. to, you know, Peter doing what he felt like he could to defend Jesus um, to, you know, the soldier, just the overcoming humanity right. of the people who were right there with Jesus yes. but still failed right, um, and still, you know, couldn't live up to his expectations or what he was asking. Yeah. Um, I feel like it allows... I don't know, maybe to extend a little bit of grace to myself that yeah. when I feel like I'm struggling, I'm like, you know, I'm, I have, I, I'm the world's worst at setting timers in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to wake up yeah. do this devotional yep. before I go to work. And yep. I'm not a morning person sure. either, but I'm like, you know, the, the whole verse of the spirit is willing, but the flesh <laughs> is weak. Yeah. Clicks into my head every single time just my alarm goes so off. Hard. Yeah. I'm like, my spirit's so willing to wake up right now, but my flesh is so weak. Right. And I just need five more minutes. Yeah. Especially when you record podcasts at 1140 PM. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what you got to do. Yeah. That's what you do. And, but yeah, so I think it's just from the humanity aspect of it, but also, um, you know, just the, how we talked about earlier, just the, mm-hmm. the way Jesus prayed yeah. and, um, just you know, coming to God with our our fears and our desires, yep. and um, but ultimately coming to the place of but God, Your will be done, right? Um, and just ultimately living for that, and that's all I want out of my yes. life is I've I've gotten to the point where I just I've stopped wanting what Justin wants. I yeah. want what God wants in my life, and I know that what as long as I'm walking in His will, then yep. everything's going to work out the best for me yeah um better and beyond whatever i right. could have imagined anyway yeah and i think too once you like you said once you begin to live that life that's when god's will for your life is good pleasing and perfect it's like when we get ourselves out of the way and we let god's will be done you know i think of the lord's prayer is uh our father in heaven how be your name your kingdom come your will be done right. on earth as it is in heaven like what can happen in heaven will happen on earth when we let his will be done. And so I think that's a cool thing to end with as we think about, man, what would we do? I hope we would say, not your will. Nope, not my will, but your will be done opposite. Like, that's what I hope we say is, is not my will, but your will be done. And so, uh, Justin, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. I love you so much. This is so exciting for me just to see you walk this out and yeah. as you said earlier you're just somebody that I look up to thank you so strongly and just the way you serve again just to you know ditto what you said earlier yeah. just the way you you serve your family and the way you father and you've just been such a role model to me and I just love you so much thanks man, man. love you too and uh, if you you have any questions for Justin and I uh, we would love to be able to help answer those questions 
You can email me at www.idpodpod at gmail.com. I'd love to keep the conversation going. Uh, but if not, I hope that you had a great time listening. And we will uh, see you next time as we ask the question, what would I do? Thank you.